Trisha Denardis. She's a mom of three, a health coach, a physical therapist. She is currently training for a marathon. She's fit mom goals. And we're talking about our eating disorder recovery, mom shaming, all of the pushback she got for working out while she was pregnant, and why making your fitness a priority is so important as a mom. Here's my episode with Trisha Denardis. Hi, I haven't seen you since like a year ago last summer during the pandemic. I know. And you were newly pregnant, and now she's here. (laughs) Now I'm here. I'm not pregnant. (laughs) Clearly. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) I first wanted to start with mom shame, and I saw how much you got of that uh, during your pregnancy, which is your third pregnancy, uh, for working out. And I wanted you to speak on that a little bit. I hope you saw some of my comments because I was there with you every time, like, get it, girl. And it drove me nuts when people went after you. Talk about that. Yeah. So um, kind of backstory, I I worked out, ran through all three of my pregnancies. Um, I wasn't really a big social media person during my first, so didn't share that, but did share my second and got a lot of hate for it. Every week I would do, like uh, um, the number of weeks pregnant I was, I would do power jumps. So basically just like squat jumps for that number of weeks. And my doctor, I mean, he follows me on social media. He's totally okay and with what I did, knowing my background. And it was bad during the second, but it was nothing like this past time, um, which was just awful. People were awful. So there, it came a point where I was like, I, I need to stop doing this. I can't. I'm going to shut down my Instagram. Like, Wow. I was getting so many comments a day. There was a pregnancy account that shared my posts unknowingly I had no idea they were doing it um and they were a big account and I had a message from someone they're like I can't believe all of these comments on these posts that this account is sharing and I was like what are you talking about so I went over and like lasted 30 seconds on this page and it basically was all these different moms that were having these fit pregnancies and they would post their pictures and people would just bash on them and mine was multiple of those pages. So with that, it was kind of a blessing and a curse. My account went from 12,000 followers up to whatever it is now. Yeah. It doubled. Right. More than doubled. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, my husband, I wouldn't even pay attention. My husband's like, Oh my God, Trisha, like your account just went up like (laughs) 3000 people. And like, like, Oh my God, like why are they looking at me? Are they mad? (laughs) What are they saying? I'm like, are they just coming to like watch me because they think I'm like a freak show or like what is, Uh. but so many comments, um, you're going to kill your baby. Um, you should just kill yourself. Oh my God. Uh, you look like you are pre- like you look like you have a cyst as a belly. It doesn't even look like a baby. Like people would just bash on my body, on my pregnancy, on the, my choices. It was like, and I can take you know you're yeah. going to get these things. You put yourself on social media. I get that. Like it's part of the gig, unfortunately. Um, but I feel like you can only take so much. Yes. So. Yeah, it got to a point. It was so what I ultimately ended up doing was turning off the ability for people to comment on my posts. Nice. For my own sanity, because yeah. I, I was like, I can't just like open my phone up and read all these horrible comments about myself every day. Yeah. It, 
And if you know they're there, you're going to read them. So you physically like remove commenting. That's amazing. I saw you speak on it a couple times. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Like maybe a few of those people were genuinely concerned for the safety of your unborn child. Right. But I would say that the majority of them were shaming you because I feel like I also had two fit pregnancies where I worked out all the way to the end. Yeah. People see it as vanity and they're like, oh, you have to work out. Oh my God, you, you're choosing working out over your kid. But, exactly. and I thought of this when I was getting ready tonight, is it vanity or is it sanity? Like yeah. I work out so that I have like a mental, like it's mental sanity that I can go back to my kids because I got a workout in that I don't have before I get the workout in. It is just what I need to be a better mom. And it's not a vanity thing. Like there, it may result in a better physical body, but the people that were hating on you, I feel like they assumed you were working out for like vanity reasons, like to stay in shape and you didn't want to gain weight. And that's going against what you should be doing for your baby. I don't think anybody was, maybe somebody was genuinely concerned for your baby, but it was more shame, like, oh my gosh, just take a day off, you're pregnant, why would you do that? And it's not for vanity. Yes, 100% sanity. And especially, I mean, my pregnancy was during the whole pandemic. I found out I was pregnant February 2nd, it was Super Bowl, and then then a month later. And so, I mean, I went from working as a physical therapist to not working because yeah. no patients of COVID and pregnancy at that time, my yeah. kids day down, like my whole life just totally flipped to where, okay, now I'm a stay at home mom a hundred percent of the time. Pregnant. I'm pregnant. I have two young children at home. Like it was all for my sanity because I don't know what, yeah. like pregnant during a lockdown <laughs> with kids. No, it's, it's not even fair. It's not fair. And you kept <laughs> up with it. And you looked incredible. And I think people, maybe other people that had pregnancies that didn't look like that, it's like you hit a nerve with them. We're like, oh, we shouldn't do that. Like, look how good she looks. You're hurting your baby. Like, people try to, like, (laughs) because they didn't do it that way. They try to, do you follow Train with Joan, Joan McDonald? She's like 75-year-old athlete. And she she started getting in shape at 70. And she's like, I get these horrible comments, like, who do you think you are? And all these things, because I... I should just not be working out because I'm older or because you're pregnant. And she was saying like, it triggers something in them and maybe it's something that they want to do or they, they just haven't done like they, or they can't do. So they see you doing it and it's like, I have to poke holes in this and they make it sound like, Oh, well, I'm just concerned about your baby. Why aren't you concerned about your baby? But in reality, they want to be that way and they can't. So they have to bring you down. And I watched it happen to you and I hated it. And I tried to, be there in the comments. <laughs> Thanks for sticking up for me. Of course. And then, you know, it's the craziest thing is like, I gave birth, n- crickets, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And she was fine. And it's your third. And there's so many things. It's like, first of all, you've been pregnant two other times and had two fit, fit pregnancies. Second of all, it's not like you're like, you know what, I'm pregnant. I'm going to start training. <laughs> like, I'm going to try this out now. Like, your body has always done that. And it's not like you're picking up something new in pregnancy. So it's completely safe. I mean, according to my doctor, I had two different ones. Like right. if you were doing it before pregnancy, there's nothing wrong. And it, yeah, it, it, you're not, I, I just, I saw what was happening to you. I appreciate, I love how you still make your fitness a priority because like you, it is a sanity thing. And if I don't get a workout in, I, I'm short with my kids and I'm just kind of like 
irritated or even I'm trying to do it like later in the day and it's looming over me still, I'm just kind of like, Ugh. and then when I get a workout and I just feel like a better mom. Yeah. And I think a lot of moms are thinking like, well, it was a pandemic, like I'm home with my kids. I have three kids like you do. What do you tell them or what do you do to make yourself and your fitness a priority? How do you do it? For me, I have to do it first thing in the morning. Um, and tell everyone and what time that is. Okay, so it varies. Um, my youngest, the baby, is 10 months old. She just turned 10 months. She was sleeping through the night for a while, and then she had RSV and ear infections, and then it's been kind of a mess since then. But she generally is awake between 4.30 and 5. So I'll feed her, get her back down, and then I'm out the door. So... Um, and then I wow. know that she'll sleep for at least an hour longer. And then my other two will be up between 6.45 and 7. So I make a point to try to get all that done before 7. Sometimes I'm doing a little bit of something um, with them. But that's pretty rare. I try to get it I've done. I've seen that, though. Like, you're, they're there. And you're setting an example and showing that mommy is making fitness a priority and her health a priority. And it's not a selfish thing. Um, like, I always felt, and I, I still have a hard time. It's like my son, I can't get him into preschool. It's a whole story there. There's no preschool availability here. We just moved. So he's here with me every day and he's three and always like, mom, sit with me here, watch a movie. Will you sit with me and watch a movie? And I'm like, buddy, I can't just sit here all day. Like I, I have to do things and I'll like go for a run and see him on the couch and it sucks. And I'm like, I should be with my son. But then when I come back and that is knocked out, I am locked in because you just feel so much better. It's not a vanity thing. It's not, I got to go get my run in so that I weigh less. It's cause that's a whole nother topic. I want to talk to you about um, <laughs> because running didn't do that for me. Um, but it's just that mental, it's like that release and like the stress reliever and you come back like I, now I'm engaged. It, it makes me a better mom. Oh, same, do that. same here. Yeah. And it, go ahead afraid that oh I feel selfish or I have this mom guilt because I'm taking this time for myself when in the grand scheme of things you're taking 30 minutes an hour to yourself yeah. out of a whole freaking day and like, it still feels bad yeah because you're a mom like you have to do something for yourself in order to be a good mom yeah. uh, like you have you have to whether it's working out or taking a bath or you know just having whatever your thing is yeah like what Yoga, it's, meditation. Yeah. Some yeah. time for you. Yeah. You've got to make it happen. And like, to your point with our kids, my kids, that's all they know. Like mom and dad work out. Yeah. If I'm not super sweaty in the morning, like they'll be like, what? You didn't run? Like they shame me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What's the matter with you? <laughs> like you didn't work out. <laughs> Lazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, no, you're setting an example and I see it like it is sanity. It's not vanity. And right now you're training for a marathon. Like you're not running like for weight loss. Like you're running to, for a goal and you have to train. You can't just go out and run 26.2. Well, you probably could. You're insane. <laughs> you ran a six minute mile <laughs> the other day, which oh. I don't even know it's humanly possible. <laughs> Cause I worked for my seven minute mile. Like I felt like I gave every single thing I had in me and you ran it a minute faster. <laughs> That is like, oh, you no. have goals. And then you come home and you take care of the kids and you go to work and you're balancing all the things. And that's like squats and margaritas was launched because I felt overwhelmed. I'm trying to find the balance of like 
having a brand and like focusing on that and growing the brand, but being a good mom and getting to the gym, but also enjoying my life. Um, you and I both have a history of eating disorders that we've been very vocal about. And I wanted to also talk about kind of like what the premise of my book was, which I know you found the same thing. When you live with like obsession and restriction and nothing's ever good enough and you're stressed out and your body's in stress and you're not really, I mean, well, for me, I, I never lost weight. I was just, I was under eating and over exercising and frustrated every day. And all that stress makes you hold on to fat. And now that I live my life with balance and I, I work out hard, I do work out hard, like harder than I did before, but not every day. And like you said, maybe 20 or 30 minutes, um, I'm 20 pounds lighter. I don't have the food stuff anymore. I eat like two times as much as I ate before yeah. and I weigh less. And I wanted to, you to speak on like somebody that's had a past of like, eat, not even an eating disorder, but just like restriction and thinking that salads are the way and calories in versus calories out is the way. Yeah. Eating like, and how that turns back on your metabolism. And that's how I finally saw results. And I wondered like what your experience was. You dealt with anorexia. Now you're in amazing shape, but I see that you eat. Yeah, I eat a lot. <laughs> yes, and you're, and women don't hear that. They don't, they don't think to eat. They think eat less. I know. Yeah, and it, it actually like it, it infuriates me really. Like especially when I see so many accounts out there that are showing that, like that showing that we can't eat or that you have to count everything that put that you put in your mouth. And I know macros is like a great thing for a lot of people, but. I can't do that. Like, I know, I know you're probably the same way. It's like it's a trigger. It'll make you go back down the path of eating disorders. Food or count calories or any of that. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, like quick run back on me. I, I started um, starving myself and over-exercising in eighth grade um, where I got to a very low weight. And through high school, it's kind of up and down. I went to college, had to leave college because of my anorexia um and i lived in massachusetts at the time saw a whole barrage of doctors um got to the i didn't want to be there <laughs> but got yeah. to the point where i was healthy enough and got to a weight where i could go back to college in florida and got to even lower of a weight um until i started i trained for my first marathon in college and because running has always been something that's been a huge passion of mine. And once mm -hmm. I saw like, if I want to do this and if I want to run marathons, I have to eat or I'm going to break my body. Yeah, <laughs> like, you have to fuel or, your body, which is what food should be is fuel and not like a, yeah. a treat or like a, something you take from yourself. It's just fuel. Yeah. And at last, I mean, I read your book and that we have so much in common with all of you. But, um, after college, it was like up and down I, with anorexia, then it, bulimia and over-exercising. It was, I was a mess. Um, but I feel like it's obviously not something that goes away overnight and it's something that you have to work on. Um, but it is possible to get to a place where you're actually enjoying your life and you're, you're enjoying food and it's not something that's like a constant thought in your head. Um, I know you did a podcast with somebody that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, Oh, I did ask you about it. I was like, I'm so curious, but I remember I was like, what do you think about this? Yes. Where yeah, I'll tell what happened is I was saying, 
and I just caught myself. I said it just now when I was like, I eat all the time and I'm 20 pounds have, uh, lighter and I don't abuse my body anymore, which I don't. And I, I know, and she doesn't know, like, I know that I don't think about it anymore. I eat, I have two breakfasts sometimes. Like if I eat at breakfast and I'm hungry again, I eat another breakfast. Like I eat when I'm hungry and I don't ignore my hunger cues. And now I'm happy and I, but I kept saying, and that, and I'm 20 pounds lighter. And I was talking to the uh, CEO of an eating disorder foundation like this, and she kept going. And I was like, what? Like, what is this? And she's like, no, I'm not gonna like diagnose you. And I was like, I want to know. And she said, you are happy because your fat phobia was satisfied. And I was like, there is some truth to that because she, she asked me, had you not lost the weight, would you have written the book? And I was like, no, I absolutely wouldn't have. But I'm trying to help the woman. My intention with, with the book was to help the woman on the uh, treadmill or the elliptical for an hour and a half every day doing their cardio and then starving afterwards and being like, I'm just going to wait till lunch and I'm just going to have a salad. It's calories in versus calories out. Your body is starving. Mm. And if you eat and you get off the cardio machine, you start weight training and like listening to your hunger cues. Here is a better way. Try this to help another person. But she was saying that if I, she believes that I, and I don't have an eating disorder and I don't have the, I don't practice the behaviors anymore. And that my intention is to help someone else. But if the goal is still a physical ideal, then I have a long way to go. And I, it is like, I feel my best when I'm in my best physical body. Yeah. And apparently that is not, I should feel my best at any weight. And I, I just, Oh, I think I agree with that in some ways. Same. I know. Right. Yep. Everybody wants to feel their best regardless of like what you look like. Right. But I feel like, if you're doing things like exercising and eating and it's because like for self-loving reasons, I want to be healthy. I want to be fit so I can keep up with my kids versus self-loathing where like I am punishing myself with exercise or depriving myself of food. I feel like that's like the, the difference. Yes. Yes, it is. The mindset of it. Like, yeah, I do it. I am happy with the physical ideal I have now, but I, what I'm saying in my, my message in my book is I have achieved my best body that I've had and I'm about to be 40 by living life with balance, by enjoying life, by not being in the gym as much and not restricting and eating all the time. So I'm achieving my physical ideal in a healthy way. Yes. So that's what I was saying before to try to achieve my healthy my physical ideal, I was throwing up my food. I wasn't eating like all day. And I was on cardio machines every day to a point where I was like writing down the calories that I ate and then going on this machine until it said the exact same calories, like an unhealthy way of striving for a physical ideal. Now I have found my physical ideal in a healthy way, but because it is in pursuit of a physical ideal, that makes it like, that's not good. And I never went to therapy. So I didn't, I still have the mental and like you, you said at the beginning, like it's always going to be with you, but I truly do not think about, I eat when people are like, what do you eat in a day? I'm like, you don't want to know. I don't want to tell you that because I don't want you to do that yeah. because I don't eat super healthy, but I eat super often mm-hmm. and that has worked for me. And I think now I eat, I truly eat whatever I want. I drink every day and to like one or two, not like ever to an extent because it's not off limits. So I'm never like 
like, oh, I got to drink a bottle of wine because it's my drinking night. I just, it's a part of my lifestyle so I can have a glass of wine. And I am happy now and I have achieved it in a healthy way. And I just, I don't know, like I am happy with the physical ideal and I am happiest in my best body, but I do not ever think about all the dangerous things that I was doing before. So I really thought I was healed. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. I wrote a book, here you go, here's how to do it. And she was like, you're not, like you, you still are in pursuit of a physical ideal. And, but I feel better when I'm in my best body, that I can get there enjoying my life and eating what I want. So isn't that, I was like, I didn't even like fight for myself. I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn it. Right. And then I was like, Trisha, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like it's the, the motive behind what you're doing is, is all good. Like there's a better healthy way to achieve your goals. And if somebody is trying to achieve a physical ideal, like I'm thinking, I can think of 10 friends right now that I know that go to the gym every day and they are not going to the gym to be a better mom or be, they're going for a physical ideal and they look fantastic. I don't think they have an eating disorder because they're going to the gym for a physical ideal. So right. I guess mine was because of my history that it's uh, still about a physical ideal, but don't most people go to the gym for their physical? It never even is a thought. I wanted to talk to you about this too. I never want it to be a thought for, for my daughter. No. And I know you have too. Yeah. And we talked about this the other day, like not letting it, you made a good point. Like there's only a certain extent, like the, what you can do, but whatever you can do to not let that noise get into her head of like calorie counting or like, think about when we struggled, there was no social media. There was no like, uh, mean girls or like trolls on the internet like can you imagine what they're gonna have to deal with i can't i can't imagine like, i mean some are, okay. like people like us there's so many people that are open about their eating disorder history and i feel like there's it's more i, I don't want to say more of a norm but i feel like there's more out there yeah uh, and they're what like i didn't know anybody that had an eating disorder when i did but same end of the spectrum yeah it's like everybody's looking at these picture perfect instagram accounts and photoshop bodies and it's like there's no way you can compete with that in real life and it's not even real yeah they're like not even real i saw you post something like it's illegal where is it norway yeah. you can't like photoshop your your instagram pictures like how do they how do they know and do you have to go to jail like what is the penalty look into it well enough i don't know if that's like big companies or if it's just individuals but that's awesome yeah yeah but i don't know. like you think though too the i feel like we talked about this last time the ideal has changed at least for me and i feel like for most people so much like when i was anorexic and when i was bulimic like the ideal was stick thin i didn't want to yeah. but i wanted like pencil arms right and just straight like, up and down and now it's like I, I'm, I'm like looking at my muscles and i'm like hip thrusting like trying to get a butt and it changes like your what body you want like i now i i want a bigger butt and i i want muscle tone i don't want to be stick thin like it's so the ideal and i feel like that is being celebrated more like lizzo and like a kardashian right. figure like that is now celebrated not a stick thin i know so, now because like the only time I ever have an ass is when I'm pregnant and, now, <laughs> and it's disappearing <laughs> and you want it but like I asked that. 10 years ago like it wasn't that it wasn't the case it changes like the ideal I know we already kind of talked about the eating disorder thing I it's very hard for me to accept that 
everyone else goes to the gym and it's not about a physical ideal. Um, maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong, but, and I had a guy, um, <laughs> Patrick Devaney, I just called him out, but I did an episode with him. He was a former NFL player and he's bulimic and he now goes and talks, he was, he goes and talks about it. He's like, I would be in the gym. And he left all his Instagram posts up from like when he used to be in it. And it was like, I mean, like all I can think of was like meathead, like all like buff. And he's like, it was all about, he's like, I would go out to dinner and I have like a chicken breast in my pocket. And like, he was all in it. And he was saying, um, wow, now, but he looks like, I was like, Patrick, I have to say, like, you look like you could go and like make a play now. Like you look like you can go in, you're still in great shape. And he was like, careful about it. And I was like, so you're just, you happen to be in great shape, but you don't care. And it's just, and he was like, it's tricky because I'm like in the eating, dis eating disorder realm and I speak about it. But he was basically saying like, he, he cares. Like he, he does like that he has the physical aesthetics, but he put it this way. And this is where I know I'm not healed yet. He's like, so we go on vacation for three weeks in Italy. And he's like, pretend like, uh, you're going and like somebody's running down the beach. Like, are you like, Ooh, I got to get a run. And I'm like, yeah, he's <laughs> like, no, he's like, you have to be like three weeks. Not even think I couldn't like, but I think more because of the sanity thing, I would be like, I have to run. He's like, do you feel like, Oh my God, when you see somebody get a run in, you got to get a run. I was like, yeah, I do <laughs> admittedly. So yeah. he's like, it has to be like, that is not like, or if you go and uh, my wife and I, he's like, we went and got ice cream and it's like in your head, you're like, it's fine. Like I'm gonna be working out tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, I think that. And he's like, you can't, like, it has to be, that's how he's like, that's where I'm at. And like, he happens to be in great physical shape, but he's more about those things don't trigger him anymore. And admittedly, I see someone running. I look out to get a run him. Yeah, I like, do. eat them. <laughs> <laughs> and you would. Like, Head so start, I'll still be you. Yeah. We went to Italy on our honeymoon for, for two weeks and we didn't work out once. Wow. And I, I feel like because of, we went into the mentality, like this is what we're going to do. We're just going to eat our way through Italy and not move. Like we walked. And it's fine. But, and I was totally fine. By the end though, I was like itching. Cause it's, it's I don't know, it's fun for me. It's exactly. It's not a punishment. It's not yeah. a workout. We don't like, uh, like when your alarm goes up at five, it's not like I got to get this run. Like you want to do it. And it's, yeah. it makes you, it's endorphins. It's not right. Yes. It's the only time of day I'm by myself. Trisha, I don't, I feel, I wasn't going to say it because I say it on every show and people are like, we get it. It's the only time that I can listen to my playlist and not wheels on the bus. And I can actually, because even in the car, like I put on their stuff, like I can actually like go away for a second. It's a, it's everything. It's like my, it's my thing going for a run. It's not, because that's the other thing too. I, I talk about how I got in good shape when I started lifting and I feel like women are, they shy away from the weights. I know you do weights, but like women that look like you and are toned lift heavy. And I feel like people feel like they have to do light weights and just cardio. And I'll say something about running and they're like, Oh, you're running. You said it was just weights. And I'm like, I don't run for weight loss. I run so I can listen to my music by myself. And I come back to my kids. Like it's just the adrenaline, the endorphins and I enjoy it. It's yeah. not a punishment. It's not for weight loss. It's time for me. Like you said, and I feel like for anyone, like if you're working out and you hate it, <laughs> Mama Fry hates it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to do something else. Unless you're like, like, hey, yeah, that's not your thing. And like, then you need to run because if you want to cross the finish line, you don't want to be like dragging your ass. But yeah, 
Um, maybe it's not running, Mama Fry. Like maybe for you, like, it's like uh, Peloton bike or it's like yoga. Like find something. Like I hate to spin. Yeah. I hate it. I hate sitting oh, on that bike. Okay. So if that was my exercise, I wouldn't want to do it either. Like it doesn't have to be running. Like when you hate working out, you have to find your little niche. But if you want it, then yeah. keep it for a little while longer. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I get anything else, I guess. It's going to hurt at first. Until you get better at it, that's when it becomes more addicting. And Addict yeah, you miss like a day that you, well, I don't work out every day, but like a day I, I'm excited to go. If I don't, if I take a couple of days off, I'm ready to go back. And before yeah. I never would take a rest day. Like you couldn't pay me to take a day off. It was like seven days a week, cardio. And then it's like a whole, you could go deeper into that. Your, your muscles aren't rebuilding because you're not giving them rest days. Everything that I was doing was working against me. All my stress, like I'd be in, on a uh, vacation, like I got to get a workout in and you're producing cortisol, which is a stress hormone that makes you hold, hold on to fat, especially around your belly. All of your obsession is doing that. And if you just, I had Alex Austin the other day, she's a pro lacrosse player and she was just in Sports Illustrated swimsuit. And she was saying like something like she was like, I diet culture does not want us to be having these conversations because it's like, try this diet, try this diet. And she's like, I had, I went three years where I didn't have a sandwich because it was like gluten is bad, carbs are bad. She was just programmed to not have a sandwich. And she's like now, and she's 30, she's younger, but she was like, I have an almond croissant for breakfast every morning, a sandwich for lunch. She's like, I'm in the best body I've been in. I, I'm happiest I've ever been in. And it's like, when you find that, that you don't need to restrict in your body, trust that you're gonna eat, you're not gonna starve it, you're not gonna throw up your food you kind of get to your set weight that you're supposed to be at. And then you can go true. eat what you want and you stay at the set weight. And I mean, for me, that's what I'm not a professional, like you're not like a, a coach, like a fitness coach, but isn't that kind of what you found that once you yeah. no, Yeah. I, I, um, cause I feel like when you do, you, like you said, you take the stress off of your body and you're not, you're able to just like take a deep breath and enjoy your yeah. life, enjoy your food and you're working out because you love to do it, your body's like, okay, like, yes. cooperate with her now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not that, trust me, like, you're, you're eating, you're gonna throw it up. It's like, whoa, she's gonna feed us. And then it's not like, I live like nothing's off limits. Like if I, before it was always like, you can have cake, like at a wedding or something, and I'm like, I can't have cake, or I can't have wine, like the sugar and the calories. But if you make it off limits, and then you have it, before it was like, oh, I blew it, like, might as well drink a bottle of wine and drink for the rest of the weekend and start over on Monday. Like I would give myself these allowances because I blew it. It's because I drink wine or something like that every day. It's not like tempting anymore. It's not like a treat. It's just part of my life. So I can have one glass. Whereas yeah. like some people that I know will give, like they'll have like cheat days where they eat like an entire pizza and two bottles of wine. And it's like, well, it's my cheat day. And then you feel terrible the next day. And it's just like, it's just a balanced lifestyle. Like allow what you want, mm -hmm. like be mindful. Intuitive eating is everything. If you are hungry and you are ignoring that hunger cue and starving yourself, you are not, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're not oh, setting yourself for weight loss. And then, but there's another like part of that when you're done, when you're satisfied, stop eating. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to eat, like sit in front of the TV and eat everything on your plate, check in. Like, are you satisfied? Okay, stop. And it sounds so simple eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're satisfied, but like, just listen to your body and it will tell you what it needs. Right. And it takes, it, especially it, for, it took me 20 like, years. I say that now it took me 20 years to figure that out.
But it, especially for people that are like chronic dieters, I feel like that's, it's the hardest because I did everything. Yeah. yeah. You don't trust your body. So you have to learn to trust it. And even that took a while for me too. The biggest, like the best thing I ever did for myself in regards to eating disorder, my eating disorder was throwing out my scale because I was obsessive with it. And it was like, if the number was up, then I would starve myself. Yes. <laughs> Down just be pissed a little bit more. Just, yeah. And I was like, just a constant bitch if it wasn't where I wanted to be. So when I, I like an ounce, if you went right. up at all, it yeah. was like a bad mood and you're just let that scale dictate your whole day. Right. A terrible. So when I threw it away and I had my husband, I was like, do not let me get on that scale again. And I went through, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be okay. It's like, no, but that's when I really learned to trust my body because it wasn't like, I didn't have a number to tell me whether or not. I was looking good. It was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even if you feel good, like good enough for me, it was like good enough to get on the scale. Like I feel like I may, if it told me higher, I don't, I immediately don't feel good. Like yeah. that number dictated everything. And it's such a like mind F because lifting you weigh, I don't weigh, I weigh 20 pounds less than I did when I was heavier, but like, yeah. I have gained muscle. Like I'm much more muscular. So like the weight, I haven't like lost weight, but I wear smaller clothes because it's less dense. So if you're looking at a scale, you could be killing it and like putting on all this muscle, which is the yes. most metabolically active muscle, like tissue in your body. And it's helping you, you want that muscle. But if you're weighing yourself, you're probably like, oh, but it's, but it's muscle. Like, don't get off the scale. Why? It's just gonna, like you just said, I don't, if I see it, it's either gonna ruin my day. And it's like, it's just a number. Like. It's nothing. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. And you're just get off of it. You could be having a great yep. day. Get off the scale. Get rid of the scale. I talked to you about everything I wanted to talk to you about. Like, oh, good. I hope that this inspired somebody to like make themselves a priority and not feel mom guilt that you're taking time away from your kids because hopefully we're saying like it makes you a better mom. And anything else you want to say to a mom that is kind of feeling like, overwhelmed and uninspired and wants to get back on a fitness routine, but just kind of doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Um, let me know. <laughs> I would love to help. Yes. Um, yeah. It's make it a priority and it, don't be so like overwhelmed by you have to do it all at once. Um, take, take it in small chunks. Even if you just do 10, 15 minutes of something a day, start there, but start. Uh, yeah. And every day, especially as a mom, it's not going to be perfect, but something is better than nothing. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... 
Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.